Hello, welcome to Watering Seeds, a podcast conversation that reviews and reapplies the preached word to our own minds and hearts and to those of our listeners. Watering Seeds is a podcast ministry of Covenant Reform Presbyterian Church in Asheville, North Carolina. Today we will be discussing our recent sermon on Ephesians 3, 14 and 19, 14 through 19, excuse me, entitled Spiritual Strength. You can hear that sermon on our website uh, under the sermon's heading. Uh, my name's Pastor Sean McCann. I uh, preach the sermon. I'm here with fellow pastor Chris. Welcome, Chris. Hello. Right. So what we do on this podcast is we just review and discuss uh, the points and ideas of the sermon. So this was a pretty full and rich kind of beloved passage. What I want to start with is kind of where the sermon started, and that is the idea of growing faint or losing heart. Mm. Uh, that's where Paul jumps off. He doesn't use that phrase in our text, uh, but he does. Uh, it's kind of like springboard. It's kind of one of the last phrases he uses in verse 13. Mm. Uh, so I want to ask you, what does it mean to lose heart? <laughs> uh, I tied it in with Isaiah 40, uh, the idea of fainting, mm-hmm. which is used four times there. Um, and maybe we ask this in two parts, kind of what does it mean biblically, and then what might it mean experientially, right, in our own lives? What does it, yeah. what does it feel like to lose heart? How do we know if we are potentially losing heart? Like, what is Paul actually telling his hearers not to do? And maybe as we see that need, we understand more the need for spiritual strength mm-hmm. that comes in our passage. Yeah. So, any thoughts what it means to lose heart? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to pull up the Greek to nah, really, uh, do that. check yeah. out. But I, I'm pretty sure it's a kind of a, a metaphor or a, an example of sorts. And it might be a um, kind of like a sports physical activity type thing where you've lost heart after uh, a loss of some sort. So, yeah, there's a battle and you've been conquered and you've just, you've lost heart. Or you're, you, you see the armies fleeing, your own armies turn back and running, and you, you lose heart. You've given up, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's how we, what we would say is give up. You've mm-hmm. given up. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that, I think. Yeah, maybe disheartened. Disheartened is right. Similar. Yeah. It's close to despair. It's not quite despair. Yeah, because despair is like the very, you know, the pit mm-hmm. of despair. It's like mm-hmm. the very depths. But it's something close to that. Mm-hmm. Um Disheartened is probably a good, yeah. which I think just means losing heart. Uh, An interesting thing to me is Isaiah uses that word faint, mm-hmm. which you know we kind of use today. You know, there's not enough blood running to your head; you stand mm-hmm. up too quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being really, faint, say what? Being faint though mm-hmm. is different than that. Yeah, and passing and out. passing out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. fainting mm-hmm. sort of. So experientially. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it sort of overlaps because it's that same, it's a metaphor for the actual physical reality. Uh, but what might cause us to lose heart? Maybe just generally speaking, I mean, Paul has a specific, what are some areas that, why, why would a Christian lose heart? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to lose heart if you have trouble after trouble or problem after problem and you can't see an end in sight. I mean, usually it has to do with hope um, and a lack of, uh, trust that there's something hopeful in the end uh, or that what's promised is going to be guaranteed or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it would be things that make diminish that hopeful outcome. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. We're going through Romans 8 in Sunday school and the passage we're ending on, it's all these things that could make us lose heart. So I'm just going to read 
mm-hmm. what he says, which is uh, tribulation, distress, uh, which is inward stuff, like inward anxieties and troubles, persecution that's outward, or famine that's the land is going through trouble, like COVID, right. uh, <laughs> or nakedness or danger or sores, so that's wars could make you lose heart. Or skipping down Romans eight thirty eight, he says death, seeing death, experiencing death, or life, the troubles of life, um, just your day to day life, your mm-hmm. your marriage situation, your parenting situation, you as a child, your situation relating to your parents, or um, then he moves on to angels, the demonic forces could make you lose heart. It could cause you to be tempted or depressed of spirit. I mean, there's like a whole range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's, I'm trying yeah. to be practical. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think of, what does it feel like? I mean, I mm-hmm. think discouragement kind of comes to mind, which is kind of a, as you said, it's a, it's kind of like a minor hopelessness. Minors, right? Yeah. You're sad. There's an outcome, or there's an, a, something's happened, or keeps happening, that's mm-hmm. causing you worry or stress. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it can or will change, maybe. And so there's that kind of small level of hopelessness. You know, they're they're about to lose heart because their guy, Paul, is in prison. Uh, I do feel like we're in a season of life where it's maybe easy to lose heart. We keep thinking this all should be over by now mm-hmm. and that kind of, uh, we get impatient maybe is a, a way we experience uh, losing heart. Hmm. So God knows our frame. He knows that we are dust. Uh, and so he gives us power. He increases our strength, as Isaiah says. Uh, the overarching idea of the sermon is God renews our strength to grasp the love of Christ. So maybe there's a we could reverse that and say when we lose heart, we lose grasp on the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? We lose our strength to hold on to the firm promises of God. The way God answers the prayers we saw in Luke 11, the parable, is he gives the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so we see that. Um, uh, there's, I, I was looking back at my notes. I taught Ephesians a few years ago. and I had like three or four lessons just on this prayer. So there's a lot of stuff for sort of flying mm-hmm. over. Uh, but I did want to, to camp out for a moment on this idea of the inner being mm. versus the outer self. Uh, and my illustration that fell totally flat about this Christian strongman. Hey, I've that, got something about that nobody it. had ever heard of. I have. You got some, oh, you have heard I've, of them. I've been to one of those. Oh, you have. Okay, well, explain I've it got to a our story. listeners. Yes, okay. let me explain what the Christian strongman is. So previously, I was in Tunica, Mississippi, a tiny town, northern Mississippi, on the on the river, and uh, all the churches kind of knew each other. And the Baptist church said, hey, we're having these Christian strongmen come. Okay. And they're going to do an evangelistic event, and we want you to be the altar call person who stands in the front okay. when they call people to come believe in Jesus and, and do the sinner's prayer and walk them through it. And I just thought, you know, theologically, I have weird feelings about this. However, I will submit to this, and yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go. Yeah. So I went, and it's these, you know, really ripped guys, yeah. and they're bending iron, they're lifting huge weights and they're ripping phone books and there's kids in the audience going, Oh, it's amazing. Oh. And then they're, then they say things like, you know, the Lord gave Samson strength and the Lord can do mighty works in you. And, and he can not just do mighty works in you, but he can save you from your sins. They usually get evangelistic at the mm-hmm. end, um, but they try to use their outer strength 
to be some sort of a illustration mm-hmm. of the power of God. Um, so that was that's yeah. the experience, right? right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we, you know, I'm wondering. Most of us in a reform context aren't going to be confused about this, but maybe there are ways that we do confuse the two, or mm-hmm. we see one, they kind of like they go together. And there's a sense in which our body and our souls do go together. Mm-hmm. And so when we aren't getting sleep, or not eating right, it does have an effect on our inner self. And when our inner self is discouraged and, or depressed, it has a, we're not, we don't sleep well, right? It does, there's the, the union between those things, but... I mean, the, the, the most spiritual strength I've ever seen is a, a, a dear saint on their deathbed. Mm-hmm. And her everything's wasting away. She can't even lift yeah. her head off the pillow. Mm-hmm. And she's a, a testimony of the inner self that's being renewed as the outer self wastes away. Um, I don't really have an answer to that. I'm just wondering if there are ways in, in which Christians struggle with this Focus on the outer self mm-hmm. and strength, and and compare it too much to the inner experience. I don't know. You have any thought on that? Oh, uh, I don't want to step on any toes. Yeah, yeah. We we could start stepping into like some culture war issues where, if only we were better mm-hmm. at rapping, <laughs> Christian rap. Yeah, okay. We would win them. You know, if only we were spiritually, if only we were strong uh-huh. in this area, uh-huh. if only we were really good at this particular thing. Mm-hmm. I, I could go into more details, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, if only we were better at these particular vocations mm-hmm. that are very attractive to the world, mm-hmm. then then people would become Christians. Mm-hmm. That Maybe that's an example of putting confidence in something outward, mm-hmm. uh, spiritual strength. Yeah, that's good. That does make me think of... Think through it. The... You know, you sort of maybe you've always seen this, but kind of the the, the pastoral temptation of this. You got to be a cool pastor. Yes, right. You got to have the right wear the right clothes, have the right you know winsome appeal to the culture, and so yeah, it's sort of what you're saying. This. But there's the other side of the the pastor approach, which is you got to be the dour <laughs> theologian. You're strong in that way. Uh-huh. You're, you're reserved, and you don't. I've I've seen that. It, mm-hmm. Fringes on both sides mm-hmm. in the reformed world, at least. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the, we dress this way, mm-hmm. we're, we're aloof, or we're like <laughs> super involved, and anyway, that's yeah, yeah, either side. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit doesn't give us power to pick out the right clothes. Right. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> there's, our, <laughs> yeah. there's our application. Yeah. There you go. But I, I think the, the simple thing is just the focus on, I mean, my point, which I believe is Paul's point, just the focus on the inner life. Mm. Uh, that can have different. External fruit, or even um, so, the focus on that that inner life. Um, yeah, what, and examples of that. I mean, you pointed out that some of the god the godliest person you'd met, somebody was there on their deathbed. Mm-hmm. Was that right? Yeah. And some of the godliest people I've met are, uh, you know, there's an older man from a previous congregation who's absolutely wasting away, uh, mm-hmm. just looks like a wreck. Mm-hmm. Physically, just because that's that's what happens, mm-hmm. and but every time we talked at our Bible study, mm-hmm. it was just a sense of God's love mm-hmm. was just pouring out of him, and he mm-hmm. was like almost in tears every time I talked mm-hmm. to him. I thought, wow, this man understand yeah. <laughs> understands something about God that I would like to understand. Mm-hmm. And there really is a spirit. I mean, there really is a connection because in 
in Second Corinthians one nine, it's about the other things being stripped away, so you have to rely on God. Mm-hmm. And like, and when you're flying high and you're making the money and you're running the the race, and you know you've got, you don't have physical strength worries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of the danger of wealth, mm-hmm. right? Wealth kind of can can lie to you and say you don't need God. And so maybe that, maybe that, maybe it is that loss of outer strength uh, that causes the inner self to rely on God when we can't rely mm-hmm. on our legs or our eyesight or mm-hmm. you know the the power of our heart, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the danger, though, is it could go either way if wealth gets stripped away, right? Like we need spiritual strength from God. We need to ask mm-hmm. for it in prayer because. What could happen is that we just become begrudging people, because I've seen that all too often. Mm-hmm. Somebody loses something and they don't somehow become right. super strong right. Christian. Right. Like right. they get mad or right. sad or whatever. Exactly. So that's why we need the spirit's right power. Yeah, yeah. We need to depend. Yeah, the spirit. I think needs to give us that power to depend on mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts on that second point? Uh, yeah, uh, on the power through the spirit. Yeah, I had one last yeah. thought or question about it. Uh, at the end, you talked about that our strength isn't from the spiritual disciplines uh-huh. per se, but about entrusting his power and dependence on him. I was thinking, like, of course, if viewed properly, couldn't the spiritual disciplines could be part of trusting him? But I think why are we tempted to to use them? without dependence yeah or to not use them at all <laughs> yeah i mean absolutely they're not enemies dependence right. yeah, on a little yeah, bit yeah. of discipline um but i do think there's a, a spirit in us and it depends who you ask you know i'm a task-oriented person so it's easier for me to have a box to check off mm-hmm. i did my bible reading i did my prayer this morning check that box off whether in my heart i'm trusting christ or not <laughs> today mm-hmm. So I think there's, I think that's honestly taken to its logical conclusion. That can be a spirit of legalism mm. uh, that ends up um, carrying nothing for the the internals. It's only about the externals. Um, I do think it 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 can lead to a self reliance on what, what I'm doing, and so our assurance becomes subjective. How good am I? Mm. Not Christ is holding fast to me. Uh, so that that's the that's a danger I see, and I see it in myself. Hmm. Now, the flip side of that, which I think you ask, is um, what about no discipline at all? Yeah, I depend on God. I don't need that stuff. Right, right. I mean, yeah, you would a proper dependence would be, you know, the seedbed for a flourishing life of discipline. Hmm. I mean, or, or, of kind of the Christian disciplines, hmm. right? And so, uh, I do think. And I do think it, it would be hard to express a dependence on Christ without the basic spiritual disciplines of prayer. Mm. Prayer number one. Mm. And then, of course, Bible reading and public worship. I mean, it's that's a false dichotomy to say mm. kind of my heart's there, uh, but there's no kind of, there's no physical expression of how I've laid hold of Christ by faith. That does not mean we should be doubting our salvation if we go through a dry period of our, in our devotional life. Like I didn't pray this morning, right? Or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but there is an, an organic connection uh, between the two, and I mean, I do think we should commit to our spiritual disciplines, even when we don't feel like it, mm-hmm. because they, I think, they do cultivate 
feelings may be the wrong word, but they do they, they remind us through confession and repentance and sort of the the absolution of the the believed gospel, mm-hmm. right? That they they do grow and strengthen our dependence on Christ. So sort of like marriage, like I'm going to be faithful to my spouse and be nice, even if today I'm not in a good mood. Right. 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 Like yeah. 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 Uh, I got up on the wrong side of the bed. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those aren't those weren't intended to be enemies, but rather no, no, I, making sure they're sort of in proper perspective. Because I do think, so maybe this gets maybe a little bit more. The spirit, I, I do think we can easily categorize our spiritual strength as performative. And so the guy with the most theological knowledge must be the most spiritual person in the room. Mm. He knows the big words. I mean, I mentioned, you know, praying long prayers, which Jesus speaks against, yeah. right? The Pharisees. In the marketplace. For right? attention. For they attention. Ha- they have their reward. Yeah. Now, some people take it to the other extreme and say, well, that means I can't pray. Mm long, flowery prayer. Well, that's not it at all. Yeah. But it's it's the concern. And honestly, the, the illustration made sense in my mind between bodybuilders who build their muscles purely for show and weightlifters. And that, that's to get to the next yeah, point. Don't get ahead. Yeah, but <laughs> they, they, uh, that there can really be a, a showy Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's sort of what I meant about you know, a, a strong faith on the deathbed, just holding on to Christ by faith, relying on his work, mm. right? I mean, that's not, there's no fancy words needed for that. I just, you know what I mean? I just read about the um, the death of John Flavel, okay. the Puritan, and I think his last words, he just was struck suddenly. The symptoms look like a stroke. Yeah. Um, and one of his last words was, he was just in his household, his family gathered around him, famous minister yeah and he just said i know it will go well for me yeah because i'll be with christ yeah and those are just his yeah his last words he had right. no show of anything right. we don't need that to he be wasn't ready for profound it. right yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly the roots or the foundation in love empowers us to know the love of christ which is 18 and 19 so mm-hmm. sort of uh, the object of this strength uh, is uh, the love of Christ. So I have a, a question or two jotted down on that one, but do you have any to, to jump off that third point? Um, or, I do. I was going to say, first off, that illustration was great. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I really liked that about the bodybuilders because it really gets the point across that you know, there's certain goals behind what we're doing here. Yeah, like we're asking for the Spirit to give us spiritual strength in the inner man to accomplish something important, mm-hmm. not to show ourselves off. Right. Uh, to, right. You're moving something. You're you're grasping the yeah. love of Christ. You're understanding it, fathoming it. So I love that. Okay, great, um, great. And the question I had was, when he talks about... Uh, Together we're strengthened yeah. to know God's love. And you had that quote, it takes the whole people of God mm-hmm. to know the whole love of God. Well, the question was, how do we grasp the love of God together in a way that we do not when we're on our own? That's a great question. Um, I'm not sure I know a theological answer to that. Hmm. But I think I sort of know a pragmatic hmm. or an experiential answer to that I mean when I I mean I know for me when I see people uh, 
provided for by the grace of God through stages of suffering and as they testify to God's care in that. Mm-hmm. I feel that I'm given strength through that to know the love of Christ. I think as we see uh, in the different ways in the body of Christ that God brings different and diverse peoples together that we wouldn't see on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's an individualized, always me, it's an incredible thing that Jesus would die for my sin. Uh, but it's it's even more than that. And mm-hmm. so to see all all the other sinners <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's died for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think no, being in an environment that is characterized by love, and it, it, when I am the object of other people's love that I know isn't natural to them, but comes because of God's working His love in them. I think that's another way that we join with the saints in grasping God's love. That's great. That's like three or four different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That last one, I was thinking about like a tangible experience of this. It's like if I've offended someone in the church, right? I've done something rude or unkind or mean, and... Uh, they tell me you offended me and I apologize and they forgive me like that's a big deal somebody they forgave me an offense that they mm-hmm. could have held against me mm-hmm. well that gives me a tangible experience of this invisible reality that I have with God um, and that happens in the life of the church over and over and over again it's not just about forgiveness it's love and compassion and right. pity and right. mercy and we get this tangible um analogy yeah. to what God's done for mm-hmm. us. Just, yeah, that is really good. Well, one of the commentaries I read gave an example from verse 8 of the breadth, length, height, and depth of God's love, the vastness of it. And they said, imagine a kind of a scientific team trying to measure the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. And so one guy's job is to figure out how long it is. Like you start heading east, or I guess north, or you start heading south, and somebody else goes down, and somebody else goes across, and then they all come back together and all reporting. Man, I, I, I went south for however long and couldn't find the end. And the guy's like, I went deep. And, and so none of them experienced, the guy that measured the longitude didn't experience the depth. And the guy that measured the lat- latitude didn't experience other parts of the ocean. But as they each describe the bit of the Pacific Ocean that they have grasped, <laughs> they all together as the, the science team have a better grasp on the vastness of the Pacific Ocean, even though none of them still knows how vast it is. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was his example of, we kind of all report back on how, what where we have seen God's love, uh, and we have a bigger picture of it. Um, I want to ask you the thought of the need for strength to grasp Christ's love. Like, I mean, kind of conceptually... I understand the part about knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to I feel like I need to be smarter in a sense to know Christ's love for me, or, or you know. But why is strength correlated to knowledge? You know, I mean, I feel like if I was talking about my marriage and I would say I want to know my wife better, I wouldn't say I need to be I need strength to know my wife. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any thought on why those would be connected? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess the analogy fails because with marriage where 
our union is based on a vow before God and man. Mm-hmm. In Christ, the union is based on faith. Mm-hmm. So faith is something that can be weak or strong. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it's related to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a type of knowing. Again, it's an, it's an intimate, it's an intimacy language to know not just intellectually, but to personally know mm-hmm. something about Jesus or know who he is in a certain way. Um, so we need a strength in faith mm-hmm. to, it's like we're pulling these realities down mm-hmm. into our minds and our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's what faith is like a mouth that drinks milk, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. So I don't know, maybe that's it. I, I view yeah. it more like it's, it's faith that needs to be strong. Yeah. Because when faith is weak, it's a real faith. It really gets exactly. Christ. It's a saving faith. But it's not as beneficial to you in your personal life, right. just your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. We want a strong faith mm-hmm. because it perceives love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. feeling loved is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we all know that. But Yeah, and, I, and we're going to go on in the next three chapters to talk about how we live the Christian life. Mm. And so Paul's culminating here, but it's also the launching point into the Christian life of knowing the love of Christ for us. Um, and it really is true. I mean, in, in an earthly sense, the security that a child has in her parents' love for her. And that's a, that's a, a powerful thing to sort of, you know, fuel the tank, right? To then go forth uh, and live in, in security and confidence uh, in life. So, yeah, I mean, it is, I think you're right, because we talked talked a couple of verses earlier about through faith, um, and, and we need to be clear that weak faith does not condemn us, um, but strong faith lays hold of more and more uh, the, the blessings of Christ. Um, okay, I think, do you have any other questions? All right, let me close with one, and this is maybe more practical, and that's just to say, what, what can we do this week to grasp Christ's love for us, right? I mean, what are there practical steps to strengthen our faith muscle, as it were, right? Um, any thought on that? I mean, the main thing he says here is pray. Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. We can make that our focus this week in our family worship or yeah. in our personal devotions and things like that, or just throughout the day. Mm-hmm. It's tough to keep in mind. I think it's just tough to keep in mind throughout the day or for a day. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I, what's my goal here in mm-hmm. prayer? What, do I have a main thing or am I just... Mm-hmm. Anyway. And sometimes it's good to have a, a main thing. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's something right. like that. Yeah, a focus. And yeah, I think it does help kind of with a perspective. I tried to make this point when I said it's not about praying that God would help us love Him more, but praying that we would know more His love for us. Mm-hmm. And it's... That, that's kind of, if I think of, man, i got to love God more today, I don't know how to do that, right? But if I think of, how can I know more how much God loves me? Like, I need to know that He loves me more than I can even imagine today. Um, that I mean, that, that can kind of affect maybe how I choose to spend my time, what, you know, if I want to do want to read the Bible that day or not, right? And how I interact with others. So, part of that's just kind of a perspective change. But clearly Paul's example for us is prayer. Hmm. To pray for it. To pray for it for other people. Hmm. I mean, this should characterize. And this really is an all-encompassing prayer that we would pray for fellow Christians who are struggling, who are discouraged, who are losing heart. 
because just like you were saying, you had to text somebody earlier. Yeah. And actually, I got a text earlier from someone who... Well, yeah, that was me. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> just so the, the hearers know. Uh, no, it was, it was another pastor friend. And, and just like everybody, we've been through difficult things. And, um, and he had a horrible bike accident mm. just got had to be hospitalized and he, very discouraged is what he said pray pray for me mm-hmm. so we had a whole bunch of us praying for him mm-hmm. so that that's one of the takeaways here is be praying for the people mm-hmm. you think need it mm-hmm. um, the people who might be losing heart yeah yeah exactly and I think God as we said earlier I think you know God promises to renew our strength mm-hmm. so it's a prayer that God loves to answer, and God delights to answer. So, all right, well, we'll close there. We're going to finish this prayer this coming Sunday uh, on the last two verses, kind of the closing doxology. Um, For now, thanks for listening to Watering Seeds. We hope you found this conversation helpful as you seek to live out your faith this week. Hope you have a chance to listen to this Sunday sermon in person, on the live stream, on the recording uh, we'd love to hear any questions you have for us about the message that we can try to cover uh, before we record the podcast next week. So uh, send those our way if you've got them. Until then, grace be with you all. Mm-hmm.